0: totally how I look when I ejaculate. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, why? <laughs> oh!
1: God. Now that's in my brain. Aw, oh,
2: baby. Right,
3: right that is living jizz over here. Live it oh, up. Oh, it's in my brain. Enjoy the it. Horror, the horror. My gift to you.
4: I, I don't want it. Can I return it for sure credit?
0: Return to sender.
1: That's called a snowball.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop. No, no,
0: no.
4: <laughs> Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and
3: fright. I jumped out at you from behind the tree and Grandpa got all excited and he shook his fist at me and he said, Boy, you be damned to hell!
4: Children
3: of the night, what music they make. Just aside.
2: without being killed. I'm one of this fucking porn down Frankenstein, and I want to know
4: what the fuck you're doing with my time! Hi, I'm Candy the Final Girl.
3: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
4: <laughs> Look, there comes one
0: of them now. And I'm Sean of the Dead. Beat them or burn them, they go up pretty easy.
4: And tonight on The House That Screams, we are finally talking about the 1968 film by George Romero, Night of the Living Dead. We have Crystal.
2: They ought to make the day the time changes, the first day of summer. <laughs>
4: We have Dave German. I heard. <laughs> we have Nico Knights.
3: Now get the hell in the cellar. You could be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking boss.
4: Yeah, El Jefe. And we have Erica Wright.
5: Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up.
4: <laughs> and I kind of... Um, claimed the opening to this and I kind of I, I know Dave and I are probably the most obsessed with this movie maybe Nico too I don't know um but um I, I said guys I gotta have this first and we know why um my main reason is this is my first real horror movie and my mom knows you know when I was a kid that I had an interest it was like you know especially like in black and white I watched a lot of Twilight Zone and like the local horror host who we always honor in our opening. Um, music, Sammy Terry here in Indianapolis, um, you know, he would show these old black and white kind of be horror films. And so I was showing an interest and she's like, I'm going to show you the best horror film of all time. And she sits me down, little six-year-old candy and, uh, shows me night of the living dead. And she knew obviously that the black and white wouldn't throw me off, which, you know, in the eighties, like, even then, people were like, oh, black and white sucks. But no, I was I was riveted. I was so riveted to this film. Like and by the time we get to that ending with even the, we have it's, it's so beautifully done with the still shots, mm-hmm. but the sound is in real time. Um, and I'm just so devastated and so like blown away by this fucking movie. I, I say this all the time, but it's very true about this movie. I remember because it was a summer night and I remember going to we had a big picture window in in the living room. I remember going and looking outside at the dark because I thought everything would look different, but it was like I was different. So I guess everything was different. Like my whole world was different. And it's kind of led me to becoming the Romero snob because my mom's like, oh, you like that? Watch this. Shows me Donna and shows me day of the dead but no no it all goes back to night of the living dead for me the whole reason i'm sitting here right now talking is because of night of the living dead i mean the whole reason i'm here the whole reason i'm obsessed the whole reason i'm a horror fan and i can say so much more but i really don't want to hog the floor i'll say plenty later um
0: well uh, i'll go real quick um the first time i ever saw this i think i was maybe nine and like handy said sammy terry um that was the the local guy. That's where I saw a lot of the, the old school films. The first time I saw this, I remember vividly, I was laid up on the couch. I had a massive migraine. Mom had me snuggled up on the couch with a blankie and a warm washcloth over my head. And I remember I had my next door neighbor who Candy knows very well, Ricky Hopper. Oh, fuck you. That was her first boyfriend. He was my
4: boyfriend for a week in sixth grade. Oh my god, for a
0: week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried to
4: hold my hand. I broke I up with them. You have to bring up old shit. She
0: she found out he had cuties. But anyway, <laughs> I remember this vividly. I was laying on the couch and I had this wet this this hot washcloth on my head, and my mom was like freaked out that we were watching this because she did not she did not like us watching horror, and. I remember the movie was hard for me to watch because I didn't watch a whole lot of black and white films and I had this massive headache. So it was like, I was kind of in and out of like paying attention to it. But this is the first film that ever really made me start to think and use my imagination about what would I do in a scenario like this? What would I do in a situation like this? You know, and you see them going around boarding up doors and windows and things like that. And I'm looking around my house like, There's no fucking way because like like Candy, we had a massive picture window. And so I'm looking at like what's the biggest thing that I could put in front of this, you know, Um, what would be my escape routes? Could I make it into the attic? You know, we didn't obviously have a basement, but I mean, it was this was just one of those films that really got my imagination going. Um, And, you know, as a kid at, at seven or eight, nine years old, I didn't just like most films I saw back in the day. I didn't respect them for what they were. I didn't know a whole lot about how they were made, who made them, the people that were involved, um, the money that was involved or lack of money that was involved. And, you know, as I've gotten older and I've investigated and researched these things like this was like true guerrilla filmmaking at its fucking finest. Okay, uh, who
4: wants to go next?
3: I'll, I'll go quick. Um, I can't honestly remember the first time that I saw this. I, I wanna say that it was during my my Sun days when I when I worked there. But I but I feel like that might not be correct. I feel like I might have seen this on TV back in the day, like when, you know, like Channel 11 in New York or or Fox Five would show it probably during Halloween more than likely. I think even like PBS even showed this at one point when, or channel 25 over there, like the WVIA during Halloween. But I don't know, I guess my first real vivid memory of this, I mean, besides like the iconic, you know, they're coming to get you Barbara. Cause I knows that, um, I, I want to say it was my, my Suncoast days. And honestly, like I was like, I was floored by this, um, because I ironically enough, I think I had seen Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead first. Yeah. You know, before I saw Night. And you know, I kind of wanted to see where it all started. And then, you know, to find out like the, the the fact that the movie is, which I'm sure we're gonna get into later, not copywritten. And there was 10 million versions of this movie to purchase. <laughs> right, and you know right. yeah. um, each yeah. one shitter than the last. <laughs> yeah. I always
4: made sure to buy the one when they when um George Romero would put them out, so he got the money.
0: right
3: yeah right right because i remember like they had the one where um he they had like like the printed autograph by him on on the one cover i think i said to stay scared on it um and funnily enough i actually um watched it again just for reference for this i mean i mean not not that we need to ever need a reason to watch this movie um (laughs) i actually have that that gift set from fye the the criterion 4k i didn't even realize george lucas helped to restore this yeah, of all people, right. George Lucas. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I hadn't seen it in a while. Even but b- before this, the last time I hadn't seen it was until Joe Bob just showed it recently on the last drive-in
4: opening for his hundredth movie.
3: Right, right, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fucking great, and um, I was fucking blown away again. Like it was like I had seen it all over again for the first time, and. The movie never fails to stick with you, and I think that's that's um, it's it's not like I know, like dawn and night and day kind of get a little lighter, ironically, like in like like the dialogue and because there's some comedic bits in in those two because it's more of a, those those two are more like like social like satires, yeah, and especially stories, dawn. Um, right. Yeah, I was to say but, especially dawn. <laughs> but night, I mean, e- even still, like I mean, even when you know. Uh, oh god why am i forgetting the guy is it is it it tommy johnny 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 Johnny. when he's like yeah i can drive the pickup truck no sweat like even that like i mean it's kind of no 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 i'm sorry that was tom that was sorry right so even like kind of corny cheesy like G willickers whatever even that, that like isn't even funny like the movie is like deadly serious and i think that's what actually works for it so i'm gonna shut up now because i know dave is like chomping at the bit for this, and I, I want to hear his take on this.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you, it's funny you said that uh, you had seen probably Dawn and Day before you saw this. I know that I had seen Dawn before I saw this because there was nowhere to see this. You know, I'm talking back before even VHS, you know. Uh, so I, I'm sure I had seen Dawn first, but I saw this. I think VH1 played it on a, like a Halloween special. And I remember it even included a quick like 30 second intro by George Romero himself. He did have filmed intro about the movie where he talked and that was probably the first sort of DVD extra type thing I think I ever saw too and I thought oh how cool to see the filmmaker talking about the movie and now we've got you know director's commentaries on DVDs which are so cool that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that mm-hmm. so I had I grabbed that on VHS um, uh, and I remember watching it and rewinding it and watching it and my parents like I've always said on this podcast how jealous I am of y'all whose parents brought you into the world of horror my parents you know didn't know from horror movies, from anything. They just, it just wasn't their thing. I came upon horror on my own, totally organically. And this maybe is, you know, one of the earliest things I would, and I remember them probably standing in the door watching me watch this over and over again, thinking we need to get this boy some help. (laughs) (laughs) But this, this, I mean, yeah, I could go on. I I told Candy in the chat before we started, I could talk for two hours about this movie all by myself and never run out of shit to say, at least that I think is interesting. But the, the the best thing that I've ever read about this movie is Roger Ebert's review of it. Uh, uh. He saw he saw it, and so apparently he saw it at a Saturday matinee. And back in the day, Saturday matinees was where parents would drop their kids off to see. That. So okay, so this movie to me delineates horror sort of. It's horror is pre Night of the Living Dead and post Night of the Living Dead in the same way that sci-fi is sort of pre Kubrick's 2001 and post 2001 so the horror before this m- movie not not completely like we saw blood feast and stuff like that but for the most part it was just people in goofy rubber masks you know teenagers at the beach getting you know horrified by weird rubber monsters and stuff uh now you got to go to uh pornhub to see shit like that but that's not uh, different <laughs> you know, message me message me on the side and i'll let you know but um this is the this is really the, so so roger Eber went and saw this like i said saturday matinee a bunch of little kids in the theater you know, that, that thinking they were going to see another rubber monster, you know, scare. Ooh, night of the living that it sounds like every other movie back then, you know, uh, the title even, you know, is, and I just want to read the, the one or two sentences that he wrote in his review and, the, uh, uh, the, the, the reaction the kids had, uh, he says here, the kids in the audience were stunned. There was almost complete silence. This is at the end of the movie. The movie had stopped being delightfully scary about halfway through and had become unexpectedly terrifying. I don't think the younger kids knew what hit them. They were used to going to movies, sure, and they'd seen some horror movies before, sure, but this was something else. I felt real terror in that neighborhood theater last Saturday afternoon. And that, that just sums it up perfectly. This was the, probably the first horror movie I saw that actually scared me.
0: Yeah. And
1: like Sean said, uh, it also puts you in the situation. Uh, the, uh, I think it's a function of the fact that it's so low budget and such guerrilla filmmaking that you don't get a lot of outside exposition It's just them in the farmhouse. You get the radio, you get the TV a little later on with the shots of the guys at the Pentagon or at the Capitol. But for the most part, it's just them. And so it puts you in that situation. What would I do? You know, boarding up the windows. It's very intimate. And uh, it it absolutely, uh, uh, I was obsessed with it. I still am. I could watch this every day and never get tired of it. It's on, right. we're running it right now while I'm talking about it. And I'm having a hard time paying attention to the podcast because I want to watch this movie. Yeah, It's so good. And if you don't have the criterion, uh Blu-ray of it, hit pause on this podcast right now. Go to Amazon or wherever.
5: We'll wait. Okay, you're back. <laughs> Good. Good and, and, and I'll and have just go to
3: yeah. throw this in too, because I mentioned before if you can get that gift set, I think it's only at FYE, right? the only ones that have that. Mm-hmm. I think because mine says FYE exclusive. 100 percent so spoiler. I not spoiler, but like not 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 to be like the, you know, fuck you I whatever. I got it for $30 brand new. It was on sale. It was $100 off this wow. thing. And it was like the last one still sealed brand new. So, of course, I, I fucking jumped all over that. Holy but the shit. regular
4: Criterion um, copy of it is rather affordable.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's
1: a beautiful, beautiful restoration. They really yeah, they, I mean, the fact that this is even in the Museum of Modern Art says so much about it. it I mean, I'll. I'll, I'll uh, give up the floor, but yeah, I I love this movie.
0: Yeah, well, I just real quick because you brought something up, and and I I just don't want to forget about it. You know, when you talk about like Romero and like the genius behind this film, but not just this film, the trilogy itself, um, Dawn and Day as well, is that this is the 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 first time that you see the 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 whole zombie genre, but the zombies are just secondary. Mm -hmm. Right. This is all about just
4: written this down.
0: Did you? I'm sorry. I don't, I I don't mean to steal your thunder, but it's, but it's, it's all about the human element. It's all about how humans interact and, you know, you had us versus us. Right. And you have later things like, like the walking dead that, that tried to expound onto that, you know, and, and do something with that, which, you know what, like that's just cheap as George
4: Romero called it, it was a zombie soap opera.
0: Right, right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's it. Just Dave, when you said that, it just made me think about like, like that's what his focus is here: is the human element, and the zombies are just like that ticking time bomb in the background.
1: Yeah, they're just there waiting, and but you know that they're there waiting outside that window, you know.
0: And that's what that's... makes it all the more terrifying. Yeah, After an I,
4: Erica, I, I think, though, I'm going to jump in on on that. Yeah, so, so yeah, I'm I'm done. Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't trying to shut you up.
0: No, no,
1: I'm just saying, I, I like I said, I could go on forever and ever, but uh, yeah.
5: So, yeah, my first viewing of this film was quite inauspicious, we will say. <laughs> um, my local video store had a, a bargain bin of, like, used uh, videos and DVDs, and it was, like, 50 cents or a dollar. So I snapped that up. It's like, this is a great deal, and I haven't seen this movie. I know it's a classic. I think I was like uh, my late teens, like starting college at this point. Um, So I popped that sucker in my DVD player and thought, this is absolute garbage. Like I have never seen such a pile of steaming shit in my life. Well, there, there was like some footage that was clearly like from the original film, but it was cluttered with all of this other footage with really bad CGI zombies. And (laughs) um, like, Clearly modern footage of actors and really shitty zombie makeup interspersed in with what this original night, footage. Um,
4: the Night Living Dead three D one.
5: It wasn't that. No, oh, it wasn't three okay. D. Um, so I mean, I have no idea like what the fuck version I saw. But was,
1: was it the one with the priest? Was it the
5: one with the priest? I don't even remember that detail. I couldn't finish it. I mean, it was so awful. Um, They TT'd on that. But fortunately, fortunately, I knew like this is clearly some modern like butchery of the the original film. So I did get eventually did get a copy of like the legit film as it should be viewed. Actually, took some hunting because I just kept finding this like really like shitty version of it that had all these weird modern elements that were done very poorly. When I did finally see the proper film, of course it was amazing and I thought it was a masterpiece and like held up just perfectly. It's just like too bad I had that that original misstep of this like just completely awful. <laughs> it's just I awful just abomination. Time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I did eventually get the, uh, the legit copy. Um, so yeah, this this movie is like hands down a classic. I don't know why anyone would want to mess with it uh, like that. So, but yeah, I'm glad like because others have can. commented that there have like been some other editions that were like super, like super shitty editions that have come out, and you have to be mindful of which one you're buying. So, many Yeah.
2: <clears throat> My turn. Mm-hmm. Um. So I had not seen this movie until high school. Um, I was in uh, a couple of school musicals, and back then we had a printed schedule of when what cast was supposed to show up on what day for rehearsal. And we had a day where a lot of us were supposed to show up while we were still in the blocking schedule. And we thought it was a mistake, but we all showed up, and the director was like, Why are you guys here? And we were all there. And he didn't want any of us to go home. So um, the ones that he was primarily working with that day to block, he worked with on stage and the rest of us went downstairs into uh, the dressing room that had like a 15 inch TV that had the VCR like attached to it. Like it was all one unit. And I I remember a couple of the guys had like, somebody had, Two VHSs, two in their car, and one was my best friend's wedding. Um, and I die. I will die on the hill that that has one of the best opening musical numbers ever. Um, and then the other one was Night of the Living Dead. And um, this was a majority of girls that was in the room, and a majority of the girls wanted to see my best friend's wedding. But I was like, look, look, we've, we've seen that. And this is a musical that we're in. I want to say this black and white. Um, Like we need to investigate the other. We've seen Julia Roberts. Um, Let's, let's see the other. And so they finally agreed and, and we watched this. And they were not so um, happy we chose this um, (laughs) that I was. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and of course, all the guys that were down there were very happy we chose this over the Julia Roberts film. Um, but, um, I did like this movie at the time, but that was the only time that I had seen the movie on that VHS. And then I didn't get to see this movie again until Dave and I got together. Um, and, and Dave and I have watch this movie a lot and I I have to say that I think my favorite thing about this movie is not the movie is watching Dave watch this movie (laughs) and seeing the love that Dave has for this movie Um, I have an appreciation for it but seeing how much he likes this movie um, has got to be like what someone sees me watching like the labyrinth you know because he he's nice, but like if someone starts talking while I'm watching the labyrinth, I go into full blown "Can you shut up?" mode. I get the like, look. I get the look. I I, I, <laughs> I created the look. Yeah, <laughs> I go into Imagine full blown "Shut up!" We're watching this. Um, but yeah, like David's like we got this this version and that version and this version, and we can watch riff tracks and da da da. And I'm like, okay, yep, yeah. whatever you put on, we're watching. Um, but, but yeah, I, I have seen this movie multiple times now, um, since being with David and and there's a new appreciation each time he and I watch it. I see something else, um, because it's in better quality than the first time that I watched on that VHS on that 15 inch, uh, tube TV.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a movie that I never get tired of. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious birth of a horror Mm -hmm. fan here. So I was in here and I I wrote down some notes about like some behind the scenes facts. I'm gonna leave that to somebody else. I'm just going to talk about other things, uh, with this movie. You do that. I will. I'm going to, um, now I've talked before. Um, and we all have actually in an episode where, um, we talked about how we became horror fans and it usually started with a fear that was kind of born into an obsession, whatever. And for me seeing this movie as a kid and I had night terrors and stuff, I would dream about zombies and like throughout the majority of my psychiatric care, which started at 15, do the math. Um, I- I'm now with a really good therapist who loves my love of horror. Uh, she actually to listen to the show. Hi, Brittany. Um, she she thinks it's great, but like we figured out, like why I dream about the zombies because the zombies here or ghouls, flesh eaters. The word zombie is not mentioned in this film, as we know. There's my fact. Um, it, it's sort of like what Sean was saying. They they represent, you know, what writers call you know, vomit or the seat or whatever. Um, they're there. They're a threat, but like the real action is between the humans. The, the real fight is there. Like, can we unite to fight against something else? Or are we just going to fight each other? So like the zombies in my dreams, because, you know, a little six-year-old candy just snatched right onto this. Um, They represent my anxieties. Like they're slow moving, but they're always there. And, and like, I'm just basically like, well, that age old question, is the cellar really the safest place? Or should <laughs> I say it? up front where I have a fighting chance. And we know that ever since this movie has come out and all the fans over the years, they always argue who's right. Who was right, Cooper or Ben? Now, (laughs) um, (laughs) I think they're both right and they're both fucking wrong. I'm just going to throw this one out there, too. Um, In the end, Ben survives for as long as he survives in the fucking cellar. And, you know, um, but they did, they were able to have a fighting chance. But uh, it, Cooper's plan actually kind of worked a little better. I don't fucking like Cooper. I don't like him, but like I'm saying, like he was right though. Um, but I do like the power struggle between them. And um, we did cover very, very early when we first started doing single movies on this podcast, Night of Living in 90 and uh, which George wrote and Tom Sweeney directed but the the fighting where we see between ben and cooper this kind of power struggle and, and we can get into the race thing i'll let somebody else take that one um so i don't hog everything but um just they're fighting and you're kind of like stop fucking fighting with each other you idiots but i mean we all wanted to kick cooper in the nuts let's i mean knock him <laughs> out if anybody deserved a knuckle dusting to the jaw it was cooper And he got more, but, you know. Absolutely. But I think that in in Night Living Dead 90, it's much more like you're just like, you're both fucking idiots right now because the fighting is much more pronounced. But here, the subdued way that Dwayne Jones portrayed Ben, I mean, there is nothing finer. And I love Tony Todd, but there's nothing finer than Dwayne Jones in this movie. It is an amazing performance. And that ending is still the most, and I, I will argue this point, if I have to, and I don't want to, so don't make me. I think it's one of the bleakest, darkest, fucking haunting endings. Yeah. To a movie, without
0: a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, every time I, I watch worry. it, I'm
4: just like, in my chest, <laughs> my chest is like, <sighs> like oh, he made it, he made it. No, he didn't. Yeah. A lot of reasons why that could be, but we can talk about that. Well, no, um, and that's so.
0: and well, oh, real, real quick, and th- that's the thing though. It's like he survived the zombie, the zombie apocalypse only get taken out by human
4: by some good old boys right you get that power.
3: yeah oh so i mean I, I was gonna say i mean you you kind of needed like the you know that that conflict between those two it's kind of the yin and the yang um you know where uh, is one right more right than the other i, I don't think there's really an answer because I, I think they both kind of were valid in their points um where I feel like where you know he was more when I by he I mean Cooper was more about his family. Ben was more about self, and I guess for for Barbara, really, because at that point, like they they were kind of like you know stuck together with that. Um,
4: <laughs> he took responsibility.
3: He did. I mean, and plus, like you you kind of need like it. It also shows that like the real monsters are human too. So <laughs> you know. what's that what's that one saying that everybody always says like you know you're always the bad guy in somebody's story no matter what right so while while we look at cooper as maybe the bad guy i mean maybe if somebody else looked at that in a different way maybe it's ben that that's actually the bad guy we we don't know because people have that's like the beauty of these type of things like you're you're open to interpretation for these things and kind of make your own decision personally think cooper's an asshole (laughs) and he definitely had what was coming Mm -hmm. to him oh yeah well, I think um,
0: I think there are people that watch this film and they see Cooper as the hero, and those people also vote for Trump. So Yeah, true. those
4: people are also absolutely
3: and, and they also have I tiny, think. Dicks, but- <laughs> tiny dicks. But tiny dicks. maybe on the
4: Supreme Court as well.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> ooh. I mean, honestly, but it's also that age old thing where like it's like the power struggle. I mean, you know, it continues today in media, even in real life. I mean, without even getting into real life. But even in media that we watch now, I mean, like, we're all watching the boys. We're all caught up on the boys, right? Everybody's, all of us are caught. Okay. Which I, I finally caught up. I'm with you guys 100% with this show's fucking awesome. But it's a power struggle between fucking Billy Butcher and Homelander, but both are fucking assholes.
4: Correct. Yeah. Either right.
3: one of them is right. Right. We might like Billy Butcher. We might think, yes. yeah, okay, whatever. But he's still a fucking piece of shit. At, like, at, who at do we core. hate less? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Just like, um, you know even to bring up the the zombie soap opera the walking dead where rick and shane right was would be like your your catalyst for that and then eventually they had to go bigger with the villains and and even then like but were the villains that wrong and when the world ends right like i mean to us they're pieces of shit because you know we're we're um you know, it's embedded that we have to kind of follow like, like the heroes, quote unquote. Yeah. But what, what makes them heroes?
0: Well, that's the you know the best villain is the hero of their own story.
3: Exactly. You know? Exactly. I mean, like like as fucked up as like even like the governor was, who I think is a much better villain than fucking Negan will ever be. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I ain't made it that far it, yet.
0: Okay.
3: Well, <laughs> the, the governor, for all intents and purposes, I mean, really, I mean, yeah, was he a piece of shit and sadistic and sociopathic? Absolutely, but were his intentions good i i would say yeah in a, in a weird way i mean he did create that that safe haven i mean yeah did he ask for a little bit too much to to live there absolutely but in the end it was a safe haven for this so i guess and it, 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 but it all kind of goes back to these two being kind of the jump off point for what we would get later on in in, in pop culture and then you uh you know, cinema and TV where there's always like like the yin and the yang, you have your hero, the villain, but he actually might be an anti-hero, we don't know because we don't know his true intentions. And even then, that, that that's the beauty of this movie, like everything is so left open, open very ambiguous. Um, and one other thing, everybody keeps saying Ben and Cooper, nobody's putting together Ben Cooper like the old school <laughs> fucking costumes. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, that was just my take on it. I, I just think that um it. It needed that. And at one moment, I'm sure we already bought it because I'm sorry, I had to take a, an important phone call while we were, and I, I hate to, you know, because you guys know what's going on in the house. We um, I mean, I need to blast that on the, on the, you know, on the show. Um, the fact that like Dwayne, Dwayne Jones plays the character of Ben and it's never once mentioned by any character. It's never alluded to the fact that he's black. Mm-hmm. they just treat him like he's one of them but Cooper's such a fucking prick it doesn't matter if he was black white purple with green yeah, pulse, would, that's, matter what. he still yeah he still would have done and been the way he would have been but I think that's also the beauty mm-hmm. of this film and the beauty of that script is that you know like I'm sure you guys already talked about it that Dwayne Jones wasn't cast because he was black. Dwayne Jones was cast because he was the best person for the role. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they he,
4: did rewrite a little bit for him just to soften up to match the way he played Ben, right. um, like soften the character a little bit. But I mean, they could have at that point inserted something about race, but did not.
3: Although I got to admit though, I got, because I, I, I always forget it. And like, I every time I see it, I'm like, damn, like, Ben has like a kick and fucking fro, like that with that tight little part right there. Like that oh, shit yeah. is yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Ben Ben really was like styling like, during like the, the zombie platters. apocalypse. Yeah. Ben was definitely <laughs> fucking styling during the zombie apocalypse there, even more so than like your hot. your Ricks or your Daryls or whoever the fuck else you all love. Not all you guys, right. but you know what I mean. No. But even People- the way he's
1: dressed. He's wearing, like, a, a collegiate-type sweater. Right, and, right. And, and, the, and the way he speaks and stuff. yeah. Like, if he had been written as specifically a black character, especially in 1969, Romero could have gone the low route and made him make, like, an angry black man, like a Black Panther right, type, you know? Because right. it like was this, 1969,
3: folks. Right, yeah, you know? absolutely. And, he, and this, it, it could have been very stereotypical, and instead he took the high road with this yeah, he and just like, no, you're playing it like this. Yeah, put yourself into it, but you know, this is how I want you to play it.
2: Have a lot to do with that
3: though. Yeah, I
1: yeah. think I think
3: originally it was written the character was
1: written a lot more roughly. It was supposed to be a truck driver, I think. And it was yeah. supposed to be sort of crass yet resourceful. And I don't think Dwayne Jones wanted to play it like that. No, he wanted he it to not. be more and so it was re the the character was rewritten somewhat to make him more uh, I don't know, genteel. Is that the word?
4: But see, that's what I'm saying where Russo and Romero, they have the opportunity to put the race. And he kind of yeah. could have had Cooper shouting something that was actually socially acceptable at the time and chose not to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a review we were reading and there's actually a review from uh, one of the from 1969 where they refer to him in this was in print as a resourceful and um, something uh, and a calm Negro. Yeah. You know? so, like, oh, 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 boy. Oh, <laughs> my. oh, oh my. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I boy. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hmm. find the quote. Yeah, that was from that was yeah. from uh, back in the day.
4: Would you just that's, say yeah. that about a white person, ever?
1: Yeah, it was uh, from a uh, yeah. He's a, a very nice, calm, a compar- white a comparatively calm and resourceful <laughs> Negro.
5: <laughs>
4: oh my god!
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh.
2: was he supposed <laughs> to be losing his mind wow. and like running around with his arms like all flailing and everything? Where the white women at? Like, like what
1: the
3: fuck? <laughs> and that's another thing too. Okay, so look at look at how Cooper. I know you guys already talked about it, but I'm going to upon my two cents. How. Ben and Cooper both handled being in that house, the situation where Cooper locked up the family downstairs and the other two, Judy and it's Johnny, right? I keep forgetting. Johnny. 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 Okay. I knew it was something. It was it was something with a E at the end. Right. You know, for a minute. I can drive a sweat. Um but then Ben realizes, okay, we gotta board up the fucking doors, we gotta board up the fucking windows, we have food, there's a TV, a radio, we're good for a little while. And he finds the shotgun, and he's like, "I'm gonna go upstairs and check. I'll be right back down." And some shoes for Barbara. <laughs> he does, yeah. Even though he smacks the dog shit out of
4: her. <laughs> Man. Oh, that was. You gotta, sometimes you gotta punch. Fist it. That, was that was not a smack.
3: That oh, was not a smack.
4: That was a punch. That was a, a knuckle duster. A,
3: yeah. That was like some fucking baby powder from how high, and like
4: (laughs) but you you know
2: what? She kind of deserved it. She was getting a little hysterical.
3: Yeah. I don't know that
4: anybody deserves to be punched.
2: Well, but but back in the day, this was 68. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, you knocked the fucking woman out. Uh, because if she was knocked out. She couldn't give you no more lip. That's
1: why they called it the good old days.
2: But
5: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um,
4: but wow. I dare him no. to swing on me. <laughs> but
2: no, back Not in this the guy. day, like if someone was getting hysterical, especially if it was a woman in the '60s, like in the '60s, uh, if someone was getting hysterical, like yeah, you smacked Pour them and, water you, in their face. and you did yep. smack them hard enough to knock them out because the thought process back then was if you knocked them out, it kind of reset their them. brain
4: yeah. yeah it was kind of like we had a few brain re- brain resets yeah, like that they yeah, I don't it, know it was kind of like
2: unplugging and replugging like the router and stuff.
5: <laughs>
2: I was like, cool. like, and then like but i mean they kept continuity throughout this how many Those other films do you races? know where someone punched someone and then later on in the film you see a white woman sitting there with a bruise
4: on her chin, knuckle prints. Right. I knuckle have prints. to make that argument a lot. And like they're like, oh, well, you know, he slapped her. I'm like, hmm, he slapped her with his fists because you can no. see the, <laughs> and and the
3: fist kinda, I don't I don't want to like shit all over Judith because I, I love her in this movie, but uh, I gotta be honest, she's kind of the worst one in this movie, <laughs> to be honest with you, acting wise acting wise performance wise because she um, overacts. i would leave that
4: to judith ridley <laughs>
3: uh, not not even that no this ah uh, no like, like, like when three. ben like when ben smacks her or knuckle dusts her whatever and whatever <laughs> the way she kind of passes out it's very <laughs> it's a little over the top theatrical so maybe that's unintentionally like the funny part of this movie is how she you know faints and oh you know like that but
4: Rob's dead.
3: Like, yeah, and it's just like, but it's, like it's like it's like it's like a delayed reaction too. If you like go back and watch it, it's like a split second, and it's like oh fall okay, and she <laughs> and she falls. You know what I mean? Um, totally, how I look when I ejaculate. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh my god! Why? <laughs> oh, oh
1: j- baby,
0: right, right
3: of the living jizz over here, live it oh, up.
1: It's in my brain. <laughs> Enjoy it. The horror, horror. the horror, my
3: gift to you.
4: I think I, my I don't favorite. Want it. Can
0: I return it for sure credit? <laughs> return
1: to sender. That's called a snowball. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: oh, speaking okay, of, stop. No, speaking no, of no. their uh, guy, we're getting the, the trailer next week <laughs> for Clerk's Three. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yes. right. Snowballs. that's right. That's right. Which also, favorite. I like to think, even though he says he was poor and couldn't afford the color, I like to think that maybe Kevin Smith did do a little homage to. Might have *Living Dead* by having the original clerks in black and white, even though I know yeah. he was broke as shit, yeah. he couldn't afford the technicolor for it. But he did mention that as one of the influences. I think at it one makes point, it look right? like security well,
1: camera footage. Speaking yeah.
3: of,
0: speaking of influences, I'm glad you brought it up because George Romero drew a lot of influence from my man Richard Matheson, and yes. *I Am Legend*. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you've never read that book, fucking read it because it's a fucking amazing it? no, it's um, Don't don't watch the Will Smith. Uh, Please film don't no, but, but do not. watch
1: the Vincent Price. Do watch the Vincent Price one. Yeah, yes.
0: and and Omega Man. Omega oh, yes. Man. God, I love that movie. But um, dying, the uh, uh, the funny thing about this is Richard Matheson watched Night of Living Dead, and he is quoted as saying it was kind of cornball. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. laughs> I, I knew oh. about that. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I guess that makes sense, especially since George Romero shit all over The Walking Dead, too, years later. So, I mean, it, it was kind yeah, of a That's how it goes yeah. on non-forever, yeah.
4: yeah.
2: It's a it's a zombie-eat-zombie zombie world.
3: <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just bring up real quick, too? I love the fact, because, like, I know I'm wearing something. Candy's wearing something. The fact that, I mean, maybe you guys know better than I do, because typically this is stuff that I do know about, because, you know, I, I always handle, like, like the, the collectible stuff. I mean... Candy, you and I both have the the Fright Rags, um, Night of the Living Dead Army Man with the Go in the Dark George Romero. I was just
4: talking about it. Well, um, well, before you joined us, Dave has too. So,
3: what else? Dave they, has it, they they have I opened
4: the, mine so I could put them on. I, the
3: mail. I I can't. <laughs> I I mean, it's still in the box.
4: Well, Ben um, Ben Scrivens approved.
3: Well, Ben, if you're listening, and I know you are, thank you. I didn't open mine because I want to keep it as a collectible. But they also have that awesome lunchbox on there too.
4: I also have that.
3: Right, I gotta get that. Um, what else? There's there's t-shirts. Well, you can it's different... limited,
4: they're they they do not have very many.
3: Okay, I'm gonna have to jump on that. But then we have what fright rags has t-shirts, terror threads has t-shirts for night of living dead. Um uh, what else? I I've carved a pumpkin of Karen Cooper myself, and I'm gonna be doing the, the cemetery goal for later this year. Thank you, by the way, Sean. Badass too. Dude, that was like one I knew because like I knew like 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 you guys were gonna really appreciate that one. So mm-hmm. when I did it, I was like, Yeah, I'm like I bet you. These guys are going to fucking love this. Um, but I guess my question is because I know the movie's not copyrighted and I know that that's going to be something, you know, still to be talked about a little more. How is it? Do you guys know Candy or Sean or Dave? Because I know, again, that's something that normally I, I have some ends too, just like you do with six kind of stuff. Like I always forget to ask about this. Do you know how they're able to like do the merchandise, or do you have to basically license it? Because I mean, isn't it you, because it's yeah. not copyrighted? Can you just do it basically?
4: Well, most it's people, out of yeah, it, it's um, the images uh are able to be used by anyone because public domain, also the film that's why we get so, sh- with so many like shitty versions of it and cuts. But most people try to be respectful and uh, get you know, the, the big horror fans and the people who have respect for. You know the Garf mm-hmm. Foundation. All, right. You know what I mean, like all that. They try to go legit.
3: So like, our Terror Threads and Fright Rags, like right, those everything that's that yeah. licensed.
4: And if you're not doing that, you're a fucking schmuck.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this is also the type of film. Like, I mean, and I'm not trying to like be funny when I say this. I mean, because we all know, like, Crystal just said it, they, and we all know this. It's public domain. So like, if if any one of us were like, hey, let's just do a screening of, Night of the Living Dead. We can we can and not absolutely. get help yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's so many there are so many films out
0: there that are in public domain. It's not even funny.
4: yeah, but I
0: feel like this is the more popular like of them, oh yeah, this absolutely. Is, this is
4: like the granddaddy <laughs> like yeah. the king and you shit. and you oh. have to you have
0: to imagine how much money he missed out on. Oh, well, he, uh, he said it. He said time. in
3: interviews that they would think that was one of was watching with him. He was like, "Well, he's like, how do you on about the fucking copyright?" And he's like, "We would have been doing this um, interview on a on a on a, in a French villa somewhere. Yeah. All be- the millions,
4: millions, millions. All yeah.
3: because they changed the name. Yep, the original so name Night was of the Flesh Night of the Flesh Actually, Eaters. Actually, and I'll tell that story because I told it during Day of the Dead when I met him, and I told him I was like working on something like a script." he told me then he's like whatever you do copyright this thing copyright this thing copyright this thing yeah he's like you you want to make sure you're covered he's like you don't want to be in the position that i was in for night of living dead um
4: probably the most famous horror movie of all time i will argue that point
3: i no i would i would agree i mean i think i think um and even although it didn't psycho come out just a couple years prior to it or Uh, came out in 1960. So okay, so eight years probably, but I, I I would say those two. But really, I guess Night of the Living Dead is more
4: Night of the Living Dead because yeah. of the public domain thing is bigger.
3: And you know, so it too, helps
4: and it hurts.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm people gonna, have
4: more
2: access to
3: this. Right, and I'm gonna kind of full circle this, I guess, in a weird way too to another episode that we did last year, where up until you know certain sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Mr. Tim Curry is Dr. <laughs> Frankenfutter, Still to this day took precedence in that theater at the Waverly Theater in the village. It was Night of the Living Dead. That was the midnight movie until yeah. Rocky Horror came out. I was going
4: to say that is how my mother originally saw it in the 70s. The there were no VCRs, she said, I used to see this at the midnight movies. Now I have the VHS. She's working <laughs> a video store. So she shows a little six year old girl this and I'm like, awesome. I'm scared, but it's you know great.
3: honestly, like I was watching this through yesterday. I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming I'm sure we get an R rating now still because you know the the censors are pussies, but I mean, for for what I mean, Here's yeah, gore. like that one oh, no. scene, that one scene when they're eating like like it. Even then, that looks tame compared to half the shit that gets on TV anymore. And that one naked zombie that, and even then, you barely. <laughs> well,
4: I will I will make this really quick, and then I want to hear from Erica. But the thing is, is like, okay. I watched the Eli Ross History of Horror on Shudder, which airs on AMC because AMC owns Shudder. Now, they will show all of the fucking gore, but they bleep out when they cuss or bleep out in nudity. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I would rather have my, you know, like if I'm talking like four year old kids, if I'm sitting around watching this, I'd rather that they heard curse words and saw titties than 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 watch somebody get their eyeballs gouged out until they feel like they're the appropriate age.
3: Well, Candian too, like if you think about it, and then I'm, I'm sorry, this will be the last thing I say about this too. Um, to go back to it, I hate to go The Walking Dead. They show all this gore, 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 but they can't say fuck on there.
4: Exactly. It's like, what is worse? You know, and I love Gore, but if you're worried about your kids and you're not fucking responsible enough to make sure they're in bed or watch your fucking kids, and then you're going to get all pissed off with the movies about it, that's your fucking responsibility. When that baby is born, that's your fucking responsibility. My kids are horror fans. They're in their teens and, and, and older now. Um, my youngest is 15. But it's like I waited until I saw that they were mature enough and they could handle it, and I talked them through it. And, and only when they showed interest, I wasn't going to force them into it. But I was responsible for my fucking kids because
3: you were a parent. <laughs> the what you fucking do.
4: And you can't blame the media. You can't blame society. You got to blame yourself. What the fuck were you doing? And that your kids saw that you fucking I I, I could go on. Anyway, um, Erica, misdirect me. Uh-
5: so yeah, I um, I almost forgot to mention I was fortunate enough to meet uh, George Romero in 2016 at Texas Frightmare Weekend. Talked with him for a few minutes, went to the Q and A, got my picture with him, all that stuff. So I it was totally worth that uh, trip to that convention just for that. Um, but it was just it was so ironic that he was saying that he was trying to get another film financed and couldn't because zombie films were actually too big and he's like he's the one who kicked that that particular type of zombie film off and yeah, the modern like, zombie yeah all these he other all it. these other films and tv series are are getting funds but then he was like not being able to finance his projects and it was just Sad. like bad um but yeah he was he was such a cool a uh, very nice guy. He
3: really was. He was super friendly and larger than life too, right? Because he was huge. Yeah. Like he was tall as shit. Yeah. yeah, he
5: was.
3: He really was. Yeah, yeah. he was. very yeah. Candy. Sorry, you did get to my, my very first con. I, I, I lucked out and got to meet him.
5: No. Wow. Yeah, I, like
3: I, I did notice. stand in line oh, for a long ass time, but it so was so did I. Really worth so it. Yeah, I, but it was worth it.
4: We had the photo op. We had everything. You have to realize like Sean and I have been raising kids since we were like 20, 21 Uh years old and we, you know, broke paycheck to paycheck, shitty jobs. You know, we couldn't afford to start going to cons until the kids got a little older. His job got better, whatever. And then finally the chance comes for me to meet George Romero and I am like pissing myself you know, mm-hmm. because uh, um, people from Dawn of the Dead were there, and there was this huge place where they had, and, and so we he, like he canceled a week before Days of the Dead, and I was like, oh fuck, okay, and then he fucking died like the day before we uh, go to the con because we're of course still going to the con because I have all of Dawn of the Dead shit to get signed. And, and I was like, I looked at the spot because I still had it set up where he was supposed oh. to be. And I was crying. You can see me in the pictures oh. with Kim and I'd been crying. Hmm. I still cry about that. Like, I never fucking got to meet him. And if I hadn't been so poor my whole life, I would have. But that was my chance. And I'm never not going to be sad about that.
3: No. A matter of yeah. fact, too, I think you, um, he was he was actually scheduled for the Monster Mania in Maryland, too, that year.
4: It and was they, just like it happened him, within yeah. like a week. Yeah. It's the cancellation and then suddenly he's dead. I was just like, I didn't have, I had no I mean, I I knew they were just saying he was sick. We didn't know anything, and then it was dead. And Actually, then it was revealed.
3: Yeah. I, I gotta I gotta shout out Rose here because my, my roommate, because if it wasn't for her, wouldn't have got to meet him. She she waited in that line and was like, Yo, go ahead, it's your first con, like go. Go meet who you want to meet. I met that that twat Malcolm McDowell. I I met <laughs> yeah, he was, he was he was a twat. <laughs> I met um well it Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. And he was fucking weird as shit. I've
5: heard that. I've heard that about yeah, him. He yeah, he was just like so off
3: putting. It was just like it was weird. Uh, oh, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd.
5: Oh. I've heard that he is kind yeah.
3: of. It. But then I got to meet fucking uh, Timothy uh, Balmy from Dead Alive and he was fucking oh. awesome. Yeah. So, oh, jealous. Oh, and that was also the um, same show that I met Samantha Mathis. She's another one. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. I, I was so excited to meet her because I had my, um uh, what you call it, uh, Pump Up the Volume posted for her to sign. And she was on it and she was like, oh, Pump Up the Volume. How original. And she signed it. And then my, my ex came over. She like, was like, You want a picture with her? I was like, No, fuck that twat. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me. I'm like, You are like 25. have, 20 have the five five exact opposite
4: back. experiences at cons that I do. I've never had a bad experience, except for George Romero dying on me. And, I, and we're not going to count that because he wasn't <coughs> there. Um I, I, it wasn't his fault, and I, I know that George time. knew that I loved him, and I have to believe that in my heart. But otherwise, like I, I run, everyone I run into is so uh, nice. Actually, so I feel lucky I, uh, in that. A lot regard. of the Walking
3: Dead people are fucking assholes too, to be honest. Well,
4: I you. heard that too. That's why I never go I, to because I, 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 don't I, I fucking can care. name names
3: if you want. <laughs> why? Well, oh, you already
4: named them to me. I know what they are. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one. Sit. Tyrese,
3: the guy that plays yeah. Tyrese. He's I know he's crazy, and
4: Tyrese is my favorite character. Unfortunately. Oh. But uh, Dave and Crystal.
1: I just wanted, we were talking about, uh, you know, you, uh, while I was off talking about kids, and now we, we, you can, on TV, they can't say the word fuck, but they can show, you know, it's an interesting what they find uh, not objectionable for kids and not, but I just wanted to say that some of the best experiences I ever had as a parent was introducing Zoe to horror. Because I, like I said before, I didn't get that from my parents. My parents thought I was fucking weird. Being in that stuff, I, I introduced Zoe to you know this and the thing, and uh, uh, one of my best, uh, one of my funniest stories about Zoe is watching the thing with her. She was all fine with it up until the dog started to get hurt, exactly. and then she turned to me and she just deadpan goes, "I don't want to watch this movie anymore." Exactly, and she was like seven, and I'm like, "Okay, fine," you know that was her. I like that everyone's got their, their, uh, you know, red line. And that was hers. The dogs were getting <laughs> hurt. I don't want to watch this anymore. And it's yeah.
4: cute.
2: Cheyenne does the same
4: thing.
1: Yeah. But and uh, the that,
4: thing is like, you have to wait for I... kids to kind of show you like they're interested in it? Cause people are like, Oh, you're parenting, right? You raise horror fans. I'm like, they wanted to be horror fans. I thought it was cool that they wanted to be horror fans, but if they chose not to be, I would understand. I would, understand. I would be sad.
1: That's what it is to be a parent. I think is to, not force them to be you but to see what how they're developing and encourage it and you know as a parent I then I'm just thrilled that Zoe did get into a lot of the stuff that I'm into you know
4: And it was really hard and it's really it's, cool. it's a
1: great bonding moment to be able to watch especially scary movies because there's something about being the parent with the protecting you you know there's something yeah. about that that was yeah. Oh was I'm the one for, that
4: like I'm just like my mother I'm malicious about it where I know a big scare's coming up and I'm like
1: I remember yeah. watching Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> I remember watching Dawn of the Dead with her because uh, she wanted to watch it. And I was explaining to her, you know, it's all fake. It's just... And then that scene right at the beginning, when Miguelito takes the big chunk out of his wife's slash girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the worst fucking father in the world. I know and she's over there like all into, into it. it shit. And I'm like, OK, I'm okay. Yeah, but
4: see, the girls went to it quicker um, and, and women, you know, girls mature faster. So they exactly. were much more interested in movies starting at like eight, nine. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, Ash was slower, but now he's a full fledged horror fan. But it started at about 12 for him and where the girls yeah. were like nine, eight, seven. You know, they were younger and I would be, you know, try to do a little age appropriate. Or do I need to talk you through this and explain? But that's a job as a clocking parent. That's what you do. And if your kid doesn't want to like what you like, then, you know, let them like what they like. That's cool.
1: Right. And the Supreme Court's going to make sure you're
4: a parent with you, want it or not. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you you brought this child into the world. Guess what? Now you got to be fucking responsible. Grow up. <laughs> right. As much yeah. as I can grow up.
1: Yeah, there's a, a, a definitely an upper limit for me.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Cheyenne, yeah Cheyenne. loves horror movies too, uh, and loves zombie stuff. She likes that. Um, she loves to watch YouTube. She loves to watch Granny the game I don't know. Oh yeah, I no. have a
3: friend that watches that. I don't fucking get that.
2: It, yeah, it looks like a um like a game that looks a little low res, but and and bless her. I know you guys think I have a really thick southern draw, but she has me beat. Um she she calls it granny. Um <laughs> throw a couple extra syllables in there. I want to watch granny um, and, and she loves like watching stuff get chased by stuff. It's it's hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely as far as you know, you can watch generationally. Like we talk about this film, and like parents dropping their kids off for a matinee to this, just just letting their kids just run in um, to to the matinee unsupervised. Parents weren't gonna watch, stay and watch this film. Just you know, little Johnny, little Jenny, you know, eight or nine or whatever. Here, you watch them last week. You're watching this this week. You know, whatever. Um, and then each generation, you know, builds on that kind of horror. Um, it, it's up to the parent to kind of you know guide the child to. But there's also this kind of, if you think about it, this this kind of, like, you know, leeway on, like, the MPAA and those kind of agencies, too, that need to have some kind of, not censorship, because when we get into censorship, then those things get taken from us, but
3: kind I mean, of guidelines
2: to um kind of releasing more like hey this is what's here or stuff you know do you really want your child watching this I remember going and seeing Saw 3D and there was a woman who brought her child in and her child could not have been more than like three or four and I was like ma'am check please like (laughs) Dude, this is not worth your Halloween weekend. You couldn't get a babysitter. Uh, Like, your child either needs melatonin and needs to be asleep before this movie begins. Or, like, you you need to go home. Like, honey, this this is not
4: recording we were talking about the david Cronenberg's newest film crimes of the future a little bit when we saw it at the drive-in the weekend that it opened there was a woman there with her six and seven year old and they were next to us and i said well this movie is very transgressive and i'm like why i said i would never do that to my six and seven year old child like, hey, mommy wants to see this movie, and you're gonna fucking go see it. Like, sorry, and it was the first <laughs> feature, so there was no excuse. Like, there was a family movie before it, and I was like, that's where we get into selfishness. Like, I would have never taken my young children to see something like that that I haven't personally already seen.
0: Yeah, well, you no, know, and-
4: when they're older, I'm like, you're a, you're fucking you're you're old enough to think for yourself, and you know. But, like, I, it ruined the whole experience for me a little bit. I was very uncomfortable. I'm like, why are these very – because, like, stuff would happen. They're like, Mommy, why is – and I'm like, oh, God, what is wrong with you? Fucking go home, yeah. bitch.
0: To contrast Gosh. to contrast that a little bit, when we went to the theater and saw X, huh. there, was a, there was a guy in there who had brought his probably four- or five-year-old kid, and yeah. they set through all of the um, previews. And they were about two minutes into the opening scene, and he gets up and he leaves with the kid. I, and I, I didn't hear any conversation, but I swear I think they were in the wrong theater. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I think they yeah. Yeah, because, because the second, the second, get a little lost. The second the film started in that opening scene, and he's like, just, wait, Vin gr- Diesel's not in this. Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, wait grabs a second. That kid um, and leaves. This isn't the pacifier. They're doing coke <laughs> and, uh, naked and porn. Oh, wrong movie.
5: Don't <laughs> tell yeah, your mother.
4: You. Cheyenne six and
2: she loves like, oh, like every bit of horror. She hasn't really objected to anything now. And the thing like is, as far as it comes to animals, because she's a, a really big animal lover. So in the thing, yeah, she, she, when the dog scene came up, she was like, um, they're hurting that dog. And that's not okay.
1: (laughs) Go back to killing people. Right.
2: Please kill the people. And that really was kind of like how she reacted, like, it's okay to hurt the people. It's not okay to hurt the dog. And I was like, that's exactly
4: right. You're good. Mm -hmm." And as I always say to my kids, as long as you don't hurt people in real life, we're solid. Right. You know that it's wrong. You know this is pretend. We're good, right? Okay, we're good. (laughs) Right. So like Chucky and
2: I I was like, when like when she watched Chucky and stuff, when she watched Charles play it and she was like, Chucky's got a big knife. I was like, you know, we do not touch big knives. And she's like, Chucky needs a spanking. I was like, yes, Chucky does. Chucky, we do not play with big knives. Nope. Chucky needs a spanking. Chucky shouldn't have that big knife. That's right. You not touch the knives. <laughs>
1: That's called <laughs> sleeping with one eye open.
4: Right, exactly. <laughs> It's called exactly. Put them in a really weird place. They would I mean, never... Lock your bedroom in. door that <laughs> Right, because she loves
2: Annabelle. Absolutely loves Annabelle. Uh, loves Chucky. Loves to make, like, this Chucky face, this Annabelle face. Um, <laughs> loves, like, Pennywise. Loves all of that stuff. Loves to walk like a zombie. It's hilarious. She loves all things (laughs) horror. But But she has proper guidance. Right. Right. So I tell her, I'm like, you know this is fake. You know this is makeup. You know, if if you want me to paint your face or whatever to look like this, sure. We'll do it.
4: But this is not real. And just like by the time they're 12, you're like, "Uh, we're good on this. Just don't say fuck around your mama, okay?
1: (laughs) Me, my papa.
4: Right,
2: right. Don't yeah, because it's funny because
4: my mom. We'll talk about like, a knuckle dusting. My mom would.
5: Stop my the mom will out be like,
2: you know, fuck or damn or, or whatever, and yelling at my dad. And she's like, and Cheyenne's like, oh, I get to spank you for every time you say that. And I'm like, that's right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. My mom's like, what? And I'm like, that's right. Keep cussing. She's going thank spank you for every time he cuss.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was interesting that this movie brought up this conversation. I think that's that's a, a neat turn. And, you know, something unique we can add to this conversation, this decades long conversation on this film. Um, it, it's just it's so iconic. It's and and You know, basically, we you know, we talked about it with Dawn of the Dead that it created the NC-17 rating. Um, this was the last film to, this basically created the ratings board
3: yeah, you know, or was... a,
4: a rating system. So I think that's very interesting that that is a, a topic of conversation tonight. Um, and I saw this at six. My mom was like, you know, my mom, it, I, it, I ended up being that way myself, but she's gleefully watching my, my expressions while I'm watching this as a six-year-old, but I was just fucking floored by this movie. And, um, I mean, I want to say because I know some of the bad reviews of this are. And I, I'm going to I'm going to say some things really quick and then we'll get to everybody else. And I'll, I'll stop talking for a while because um, we're going to have to whatever soon. But, um, you know, this movie, there was never a dull moment. And it takes place briefly in a cemetery and in this this old farmhouse. You know, it's very claustrophobic. And I always say George mirror is best when you take away his money and you give him a claustrophobic scenario, um, because then that's what it does is like it becomes a pressure cooker. And I think he realized the gold of that in in this film is is that it's a pressure cooker of human monsters. And anybody can be a monster it, giving enough time and pressure. It's like human geology, I guess. And. You know, so, OK, well, here's this really cool story. But you know what's even better is what's going on in this house. Like, this is scary and shit. And it's kind of exacerbating everything. But the real fucking story is this and couple outside elements like, you know, the zombies, the uh, militia, um, you know, but really everything is in that fucking house. All the politics, all the emotions, everything. And it just struck me. And, and then, like Sean said, I started thinking, what would I do? But the thing is, is in a situation like that, you don't know what you'll do. Enough time and pressure, enough tension, enough bickering. And you're trapped in there. I mean, we don't know what any of us are capable of. We don't know who we would become. We'd like to think that we would be the hero. We would be Ben. We would. A lot of us would be Barbara. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. You a don't lot. know that you're going to be Barbara until be you're Cooper. Barbara until you you completely go catatonic like i cannot handle this shit and everybody's like oh well i got my zombie survival pack and they've got a plan and i'm like your plan's going to go to shit right if this happened for real and you were in that scenario do not tell me who you would be
1: mike tyson's greatest line was something about everyone's got a plan till you get punched in the face yeah Yeah.
4: Yeah. literally here yeah then you just go for the ear
5: everybody here
4: i'm sure all of us think that we would be a good guy a hero a heroine um we don't know that we could yeah. be yeah. somebody with good intentions like judy with i'd tom, be
3: i'd be tom you know? i'd be tom and, <laughs>
4: yeah so and i'd be the and i'd be the dumb bitch judy going i'm going with you i love you <laughs> and then him sitting there my jacket's caught i'd be like bye bitch. Later. yeah <laughs> i mean honest if i'm being honest i'd be like wow too bad, I can't stay. Yeah, yeah. That right. That whole I, thing was a, fucking yeah, a sister,
5: mess,
4: right? <laughs>
2: like, I, oh. I, I, per, I perfectly back you up and equate that to like nursing school and then like getting on the floor. work. The code, the first time you have a code, and sometimes it's the fifth time or the tenth time or the hundredth time you have a code, depends on the nurse because some nurses, um, but. Yeah, sometimes you you think you know everything and you are prepared for battle and you think you can get in there and CPR and and then jump on the body and and uh, completely you know administer adenosine and epinephrine and and read heart uh, rhythms and everything and the situation happens and you are Barbara catatonic, and you are almost the body. Especially when someone is, has the paddles and yells, I'm clear, you're clear, we're all clear, and you're still touching the body. If they shock and you're still touching the body, you're only the next body.
4: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It only takes more time to learn that lesson for some people.
4: Hopefully.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to stop laughing if I was standing there. Oh, I have a few
4: times. I have um, the awkward laughing thing, so I'd be like, "Um, um. I mean, I'm gonna throw up, <laughs> so but I'm kind of do. this is hilarious, yeah. and I can't stop laughing. What's happening? I'm going hysterical."
2: But yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Like he, you, you, like as far as textbook or whatever. But it's, you think in that situation, oh yeah, I know everything, I've got everything. But then your adrenaline hits, and you're like, "What the fuck am I gonna <laughs> do?" And everything blanks out of your mind.
4: Well, I will bring up at this point just very quickly. I mean, you guys saw uh, on an episode we did not end up releasing because we had audio problems. Um, We were doing the birds and I get a text message. And next thing you know, I'm like, I can't, I'm shrieking. I can't breathe. I'm in tears. I did not plan that shit. That was not supposed to happen. That's and And because when you have anxiety attacks and panic attacks, the adrenaline in your body goes way up high and like you just have no control you don't you don't plan it you don't know what's going to happen it just happens and you're so embarrassed later and you're like mm-hmm. oh god that wasn't supposed to happen and are we going to redo the
1: birds because we need to
4: we sh- we will we will i promise um yeah, but yeah that, that was uh that was just uh, some rough shit but yeah that's exactly like when that adrenaline hits you when you are in um you know and, and and what you know anxiety does to your body is it tricks you into thinking you were in a fight for your life situation so your body just does all this crazy shit and you're just reacting to it. So like exactly. if you think like, all this fucking team of zombies and a motherfucker who's trying to kill you and locks you out of the house while there's a big like flaming barbecue of Judy and fucking Tom going on. Mm. You know,
5: what I mean, do you, think you know would do? You I would pound that door down good. with my
4: fist, I would say. But i probably just, sh- you know, shrivel up and be eaten. I mean, yeah. let's be yeah. honest. I'm going yeah. to freeze.
2: Your fight or flight's going to kick in and either and you're going to fight... Also fight-
4: flight or freeze
2: yeah you're either gonna you're you're either gonna fight or you gonna flee or is everything gonna shut down and you're gonna be judy yes I mean, or, or you're gonna be barbara, I'm barbara.
4: Sorry. I, I just i always say that i think there'd be a lot more barbers than you think
2: oh yeah i think so too oh yeah i've absolutely seen it in students that i've talked before absolutely i believe it i, I had a point that I brought up with David last night when we were watching this. And it was about Judy in the truck with her jacket. And and Erica and Candy, I I hope you can back me up on this one.
4: You're right, Ken. I think I know where you're going.
2: This bitch waited (laughs) until she got in the truck all the way to the gas pump until the shit was on fire they rode for as long as they rode on fire, and then Tommy jumped out of the truck. And then he's like, "Come on!" And then she's like, "I'm stuck. My jacket's in the in the door." I'm sorry. All females should know this: the second we get in a vehicle and it starts to move or whatever, the door shut. You know your clothing is stuck. Period.
4: Uh-huh. And after you know- a point there is is
2: not right.
4: You start to check to make sure nothing's hanging out yeah, when you've worn exactly. enough dresses or whatever. And also, my point about it is, why didn't the bitch just take the fucking jacket off? I'm exactly. stuck. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a jacket. I can take that off. But see, that's the thing. We all can sit judgment on that, though.
3: Because the movie also needs to happen, too. So The
4: movie does need to that, happen. That's why. We need <laughs> our tortured lovers to die in a barbecue. For exactly. The- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know
3: total side note i'd love to see that dude ryan that does the pitch meetings do this movie on pitch <laughs> meetings i think this, this would be this would be a good one for him to do
4: so um erica as we're closing out on time I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on some of the points that we brought up or anything that you would like to bring up
5: right so um i wish i could i was trying to figure out which um uh, which author talked about this but there was a um Uh, One of the books I referenced in my undergraduate honors thesis about gender and horror films, and basically she talked about was categorizing like modern versus postmodern horror films and argued that this was probably the first postmodern horror films because the, the earlier horror films were all about restoring order at the end. The world becomes like a good place again. The monster's defeated. There's this nice, tidy ending Uh, and then you get these sort of what she chucked into this like postmodern category is like, everything is definitely not okay and is not going to be better. Uh, sometimes the monster wins. sometimes the authority figures are corrupt or incompetent and like, you, you totally see that in this. Um, I definitely prefer this, this kind of unsettling ending. Um, I do have to say as far as, um, the casting like i know this part was not written with race in mind but i don't think this movie would be as special as it is if they had cast a white guy in the lead role
4: 100 percent.
5: but casting choice like added this other like a lot of layers of uh maybe unintended social like depth and commentary or things the audience can pull out of the film um uh, That were also like very timely considering all the shit going on in the real world at the time um so i could see how this movie really hit a cultural nerve but it's uh yeah it's so great i really like have like once i saw the proper version of it like i can't say anything bad about this film really it's uh definitely influenced like so many films that have come after that and not just zombie films it's influence uh, like kind of, kind of the structure and narrative of a lot of horror films since then
4: like yeah like we get these uh unsatisfying endings and a lot of people <laughs> do not like that but for me like the, the movie couldn't have ended any other way and mm-hmm. it does cause other conversations a race to this day like why didn't they call out hey See if the guy can talk. They just see a black guy peering right. out of a window. Maybe you know, and, and and his movements were normal. So, like you know, you have to ask yourself. And we can't ever have really have the answer. But did they just shoot him because he was black? Right.
5: Right. Yeah.
4: Because they didn't say, "Hey, it's, are you it's all right?" Over there. Open ended with that too. Yeah, and so, mm-hmm. so Why did
3: he yell out?
4: You know, I would yell out and be like, "Everybody okay? Anybody alive?" They didn't. They didn't even hesitate. Yeah, you know, right between the eyes, bam. And then we go to our ending, which is still my favorite ending. And it's so dark and it's so bleak. And at six years old, I felt like I was carrying the weight of the world on my sh- shoulders when I saw this ending. And I just had to watch every bit of those l- last parts. I'm like, oh, my God. And then you, you just see like the meat hooks come out. And him on the you know throw him on, and there's another one for the pile and, and, and or the fire. And, and and we finally eventually see the fire and hear the noise. And it's just like, that's the end. What the, the world yeah, is an unfair which, place. I need by, to by the way.
3: Um, I know I just said I watched it on Joe Bob. What was it April when he showed it? Um, yeah. I think I was yesterday years old when I saw the the fire ending completely because I, oh. I don't know why I just always figured it was over by that point and, and I'm you know me, I'm a Marvel guy and I sit through the credits typically. And this was one of the ones I, I yesterday I was I was working out and I was like, Oh shit.
4: <laughs> yeah, that ending, like I sat there because I was so riveted by the fact that they just fucking shot Ben. And he lived, he made it. And then we get this like still photograph, you know, but real time sound to see the meat hooks. I mean, it was so effective, Mm -hmm. so creative. And, you know, and it's probably done that way just because of the budget, the way that they, they did these still photographs. But we had that great sound and it was just the bleakest fucking thing. And it made me think like heavy thoughts at six. But like, maybe the world isn't all sunshine and rainbows and not everything is a happy ending. And right. I, you know what? I kind of like it like that because it's more real. It, this is the real world, and that's what I saw in that movie. Even though it's about fucking zombies, it's the real world. It's how things really are. You know, that's made, all I have to say about that, I guess.
2: Yeah, that ending made me. the ending credits made me think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre for some reason with the, uh, the still photos. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of so, <laughs> things I just I wanted to bring up real quick. Um, you know, we got uh, George Romero to thank for uh, my man Tom Savini. Uh, yes. Being the special effects legend that he is. And, and he was going to do this film and ended up going to Vietnam.
4: Which I think was like a weird sort of.
3: Serendipity, person, or yeah, serendipity, him.
4: but a little darker, like, uh, because you know he got to go. He was a he was a photographer for the the corpses. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's later. and it's
0: because of that that he learned his craft. He honed his craft because he saw the real thing, and so when he goes later on into the special effects world, he knows how to mimic the real life tragedies that he saw. You know, so it it helped make him a better uh, special effects artist, and he'll tell you that. You know, when you you talk to him face to face, like he will tell you that. He was um, like, "That's never and, happening." I'm afraid of it. He talks about it in in Smoke and Mirrors too, uh, in the documentary. Uh, but the the funny thing is, you know, with such a low budget with this film, the special effects was like practically chocolate syrup and like cooked cooked chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and sometimes chocolate syrup on the chicken. Yes. Um, which I could imagine tasted barbecue fantastic. barbecue But, well, you uh, know,
2: some barbecue sauce is, is based with that. Some barbecue sauce is based with Coca-Cola. So, I yeah. mean, it's not that far of a stretch.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, my last point is, is the beauty of this, you know, being the low-budget guerrilla filmmaking, is the fact that all of the actors in this – had multiple roles you know yes. and you had you had like Carl Hardman was like doing the special effects and also played a zombie and you know and you had all these different people ha- fulfilling these different roles you know somebody acts in one scene and then they're behind the camera on the next scene you know and that's just like we we talked about it you know when we did Evil Dead and, and Evil
1: Dead's a great example yeah right and it's yes. just
0: you know it's it's just a group of people who come together and they do something that they love and they want to create something and, you know, they put their heart and their soul into it. And I think that that's what makes this film so great. You know, it just it's an absolute legend.
1: Yeah, they would stay in this house for days at a time. I don't think there was even running water. I'm not entirely sure. There was not. Think. No. <laughs> no. So this, and they would stay there for days, which is, which parallels Evil Dead, the making of Evil Dead when we covered it. Yeah. That, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's an
0: effort of, it's love. It's a work of love. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it shows I like, yeah. if i can
4: interject just quickly um i like that this is a house that was about to be demolished and george is like we'll take care of that for you
0: it it <laughs> right. yeah yeah that's great I like it.
1: unlike the mall and dawn of the dead where they apparently fucked it up
4: pretty
2: good right okay. yeah like he fucked up his back i like the trailer like this did this house didn't have running water when like in 68 two-thirds of my family didn't
5: have indoor plumbing well.
2: <laughs> um, <well. laughs> it's the country what do we do
4: <laughs> my grandma liked to tell us every time that we flushed, because she was like weird about how many times you could flush a toilet and she's just like well at least you don't go out to the outhouse with the corn cob I'm like grandma stop <laughs> just don't I mean it was true <laughs> like when we visited my great-grandmother
0: I'm still she trying. I'm still trying chronic. to figure out how to use the three seashells. Exactly. <laughs> he curse a lot. He doesn't even know how to use the three
2: seashells. <laughs> this movie
4: I don't proves know how that, I use that the, the three north. This
1: movie, this movie proves that the north has a south too.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
4: And that their liquor stores don't stay open past eight. <laughs> hmm. man. <laughs> So um, we got to get, get to our verses. Is there anything that anybody wants to throw out, or do they have stuff that they want to say for their reviews instead?
2: I have one question. Um, Harry. Harry Cooper. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How did he get the bruise on his forehead, five head, seven
1: head? Uh, that was a little you know before when the car got turned over, apparently.
4: That's what I always thought. I just yeah. thought kind of like just to... part of that. But they, his wife.
1: And... You would like to think his wife gave it to him. But yeah, his me wife
2: and his child didn't have a bruises?
1: She got though. I mean, she yeah. did get bitten. I love the fact that he, refer- I didn't notice this until the last time we watched it. He refers to his own child as the kid or that kid. You can attract that kid. It was like, oh, dad of the year.
0: Yeah.
2: That was his child in real life.
0: Yeah, that right, Yeah, his actual daughter. Yeah.
4: That um, reminds me of one thing that I do want to bring up. Um, a lot of people are like, you know, they they invented rules about how zombies are supposed to be. A lot of people who maybe you're more casual horror fans are like, oh, zombies brains. Right. I'm like, that is Return of the Living Dead. That's John Russo separate. Um, if you want to believe that kind of zombie, which could do all that, they could talk, whatever. I call the zombies in this because they're like, oh, well, zombies, you know, they eat people in this one. Right. No, not necessarily. The I call these tool bearing zombies. OK, because. Karen Cooper had the choice to kill her mother and eat her. But she instead just stabs the bitch with the garden trowel, like doesn't take a bite. So that is that's the part that shocked everybody. All the critics at the time who have later amended like, oh, great. Film the whole time of horror, you know, of course, fuckers anyway. So. Yeah, but she just straight up stabs <laughs> her to death. She does not bite her. Well, later on, we see her eating her death. Cemetery and- zombie uses a
1: rock to smash the window. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he kind of runs, kind of. Yeah, he's I mean, kinda, yeah.
3: Oh, the one, That's really, the way kind of like how I the run. The one smashes so like the, the <laughs> headlight, right? Out of the truck.
4: Yeah, the headlight gets smashed. So I call these tool bearing zombies. So I, don't think George, I don't think George
1: was thinking about it in those terms. He was just making a movie. I don't think he was like
5: trying yeah, to sit so down. It's like, but
4: later on, he was considered the authority on this on the topic and, yeah. and sort of like considered that he sort of made these certain rules. And it was like, it's cool that there are other rules. But in my movies, they're not like this. But like, I just thought that was a bold choice to like straight up have. Not only is there matricide, but it's not even like she does. This thing. It's not the cannibalism she just stamps her to death with a garden trowel. So
1: the trowel, yeah, and the that's sound great. effects of that. Yeah, that's
2: the sound effects and that,
4: that that's amazing. Scene are the, awesome. Because
2: there's not a lot of sound in this movie. There's not a there's not a big sound track. There's not a lot of music
4: what in they call this. it diegetic, diegetic sound. Yeah,
2: uh, it's very if sound is implemented in this movie, it is for a purpose.
4: And, and, this and is to our, famous, our famous theme song was taken for $1,500 from Teenagers from Outer Space. Teenagers from Outer
1: Space, I know. Fuck Another yeah. Mr. Science Secret connection.
4: Right I always here, find one. I always find one. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And,
3: and real quick, too, our, the, the horror pop theme song. Yeah, is I, was, taken I was just thinking
4: that when I said it, too. Helen I was like, screamed. oh, horror pop radio.
3: I think we'll be be making Helen comeback.
4: So, uh, we'll, be, yeah. we'll be doing more.
3: Yes. Shortly.
2: Yeah. But do you think, like, so we have different scenes and shots in this movie of um, zombies,
3: even though they're not
2: considered zombies in this one, um, attacking uh, people uh, in, in various methods. And then we have zombies that are that are eating people in this, uh, method in, in this movie. In the scenes that they're attacking people that they knew, do you think that it was people that they have some sort of aggression towards or some sort of pent up aggression towards? Like when you think of, uh, Karen with her mother Cause she's kind of like that prepubescent age, like yeah. And then we mom. also have Bitch. the
4: the, the, you the Johnny and Barbara. You. You? Yeah, right. because when Barbara starts to fight back, well, Johnny that she was looking for, he found her, and, and right. that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie when you see that driving glove, and you know it's him before his face shows up. Mm. Right, like and they that. put
2: the gloves on him purposely so that you would know that it's him.
4: I was like, like, "Oh shit, like his- it's Johnny!"
2: <laughs> right? Like, and she's so happy, and it's like, "Dude, how blonde are you?" Like, come on! <laughs> <laughs> like they they've been telling you the whole time. Fucking zombies, like, but without using the zombie word, the z- zombie is not in this at all. Period. Bulls, yep. undead—you know, every other word. Period. is used in recently
4: this. deceased,
2: right? Right.
4: Mass- I'm buried dead.
2: Right. Mass
4: hysteria. I've seen this movie too many times.
2: Right. And I love, and I pointed this out today uh, when we watched this for the podcast. I love the fact that they pointed out, and they made specifically the point out, and I can't remember if it was a radio uh, broadcast or the news broadcast, that they pointed out that. Uh, the undead were returning, but it was the unburied undead. Yes. So they made a point specifically to point out that it was not people returning from the grave, that it was people that were just dead that were returning. Right. So, um, but, but yeah. You gotta yeah. go to
4: return a living dead for that.
2: Right. um but yeah, like with the the, the pent up aggression or or like being angry at somebody. So I mean, like they showed um, Karen um, like with the trial, you know, with her mom, and then um, Johnny coming after Barbara because I mean, like fuck that! You made me drive six hours for this shit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm like, kill this bitch.
2: I love that line that's like we can move mom closer or we could move the grave closer. Technically you're not moving the grave closer. You're gonna move the casket closer. Yeah.
5: You're
2: you not know. gonna move the grave closer.
4: Right. Um so oh god damn, a fly on me. Okay, sorry. Um so we have a versus uh, anything that um Erica, anything you'd like to add while we're waiting for cemetery ghoul and a uh, pre-damaged card to return?
5: Oh, no, no, I, I think I said everything.
4: Oh, Your pre-damaged car. Hold on. Well, I just Aww. did it in the order that you guys are seated on my screen.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> you got it. I it. to be cheap clothesline. Your pre-damaged um, car. Okay. Um, hmm. So. I like. If,
2: I think he's like a sixty-five Buick.
4: <laughs> 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 yeah. It was a pretty damaged car. That's why they wrote it in that way. I, 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 love I that. want to point out, well, well, we have just a second there. I, I like to reference dance macabre, which is one of my horror Bibles from Stephen King. And uh, he wrote it in 1982 and he talked about a lot of his uh, favorite horror films and he has sort of like a quiz in it. And it was like, you know, what movie said they're coming to get you, Barbara. Mm-hmm. And um. And then like the answer, which is only the next page, which, of course, I knew the answer, but I was it says night living dead. And they were coming together, get her, but they got him first. Uh, so he's Stephen oh. King style right there. Like, I'm just going to be an asshole about this and it's going to be hilarious.
1: <laughs> My favorite uh, thing about this movie is when she says to Johnny at the beginning, I haven't seen you in church lately. And he goes, well, there's not much point in me going to church. I'm like. Tell me more, You're right? <laughs> that's, really, that's I want to know that backstory. Yeah, old
4: atheist me was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah Can we, we like have that. a
1: pre? Free... I want to know more about him. What yeah. are you doing on the weekend, son?
2: Yeah, can we have a? <laughs> can we have a like a pre-story?
1: And the this? fact that he's got two pens in his pocket—not one pen, two me pens. Too. He needed a red pen. You know, one of them.
4: And I, I, I to know more about Johnny. high, though—he deserves. Oh, yeah. Well. Fuck that that tie,
1: tie was very. Fuck that tie in
2: Although particular.
4: his frames,
1: the, the glasses frames, they're back in style now. Yeah. Those square frames. Yeah, they're they I like are. them. I always liked them. Boy, so now... you'd be damned to hell.
4: <laughs> Boy, right. damn. I
5: love that line. Remember that, right over I
4: there. I love
1: that <laughs> accent.
4: <laughs> well, that's why I didn't try to do any of his lines. Uh, I had them pre-recorded. I guess you could say that is my text alert, folks. Anyway. <laughs> So, speaking of Johnny, um, we are at our verses.
1: For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, 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 ladies and gentlemen, let's get
0: ready to rumble!
4: For much deliberation, because my first thought was, oh, Ben versus Ben. And I said, no, we can't do that. No. It's disrespectful. And then it was going to be Barbara's versus Barbara's. And I said, that's not fair. And so we decided <laughs> upon Johnny versus Johnny, because it is an e- a fair fight between is the Johnnies, it? because Bill Moseley is Bill fucking Mosley in, in Night living dead Ninety, And then we've got Russ restrainer Johnny here and very iconic. So those are your Johnny versus Johnny fight. <laughs>
0: Uh, Rustrainer. R- oh,
4: you want to? I'm sorry, you said Rustrainer too. Okay, because yep. I, because Sean earlier said Bill Mosley, I said get
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> I was get just testing house. you. I was just testing you.
2: I was, I was gonna hope it was a nice warm night, the Indy, and you were gonna be safe, Sean.
4: <laughs> he is safe, he he chose correctly. I, I also, that's for me, that makes three restrainers because I vote for Rustrainer.
5: Anybody else? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that too. As much as I love Bill Mosley. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah.
1: He's the old Yeah, Russ Yeah, OG. Plus he's a super nice guy. I was lucky enough to meet him at some con. And uh, he and I'll uh, be
3: meeting
4: and, him for the first and time. Judith O'Day
1: and Judith, and they both were just so nice and accommodating, and he's a super nice. nice guy.
4: They're the main attractions for Hollanders Against Hate for me. So I've never met yeah, them. Looking I'm forward to
2: oh, well, oh I've seen
1: the,
2: I've seen the photos with Dave and and Judith O'Day's
1: pointing at his shirt. She's such a tiny little person it's too. She's like, she's like this big. she's
4: like a tingle person. She's so, so with great. a TK, not even a TKO, a total KO here, and um, Rusty wins. wins. So, yay! That's yeah.
1: the well, correct tell them answer. Them, yeah, I can't wait. To, I can't wait for next weekend.
4: Is that my lunchbox? <laughs> I didn't get to go.
1: Yeah, that was a why one not. One. I didn't get to go. That was pre-me. No, oh.
2: like I didn't get to go in the Versus. Oh, oh, okay. I thought I'm you sorry.
1: went. I thought you went.
4: Because you're talking. I thought, okay. I
2: thought you said it. Okay. I didn't get to go. Just so okay. Must...
4: okay. So it's not no, a complete I mean, I knockout. Was
2: to anyway, but that's because. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you... I know who Bill Mosley is, but I have not seen the Night of the Living Dead 90 uh, with Bill Mosley, but I cannot imagine him outperforming restaurant I, I just yeah. I can't see him in that role.
4: I just can't.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard.
4: I am so sorry, Crystal, because like you, you you, were talking when Dave did. And I thought you said the same thing. I apologize. That's me. Um, no, what I, when I, I was have saying that in a night,
2: he said he had met uh, Russ and Judith and I've seen his photos with them. And, and it is hilarious because Judith is pointing to his shirt which is a mystery science theater. Yeah, sure. I've seen she didn't that get photo.
1: Refer- <laughs> yeah, she didn't
2: get the reference. She did, and I saw she thought hilarious was fun. photo It's so cute.
4: Yeah. Well, I can't wait for my photos with them at Hunters Against Hate in two weeks. And you guys will be there, so that'll be really fun. And we there, can yeah. do this all together. Um, so, okay, Russ Streiner is our complete victory.
1: And should we tell them that? <laughs>
4: I yes, will. will <laughs> I know. will. Um, I, I'm not shy. So the time has come
0: Crystal
3: She like I took
1: a What the fuck?
4: guys hold back your ire because i almost vomited from anger with these
0: yeah yeah so uh we're gonna start off with the uh, rotten tomato score um night of living dead uh 96 percent from the critics and 87 percent from the audience um i got some got some doozies here so you know prepare yourselves um our first one comes from willem dafoe not that willem dafoe i'm sure Uh, He says, one of the worst movies I have ever seen. High school film class students could do a better job. Our next one comes from Mimi. Got like 30 minutes in and was so agitated by Barbara that I turned it off and went to bed.
2: Well, fuck you. (laughs)
0: Uh, Devin Wilson says, I guess sometimes you just need to punch out a woman for telling the same kind of boring story you just told. So you can drive nails in peace. Ben's violent, unrepentant disregard for Barbara is something I completely forgot about. And it's really disgusting. And what is this? An Andy Warhol film about carpenters? The amount of time devoted to watching Ben use a hammer is absurdly dull. (laughs) Our next one comes from S Gill 7512 says, couldn't take any more of that relentless, loud, dramatic music and shitty acting off after 15 minutes. Classic my ass.
2: <laughs>
0: Tyler says, man, screw Barbara. She was absolutely unnecessary in this unapologetically slow snooze fest. Now, yeah. uh, here's a hot take for you. Um, Wu Jing says, uh, terrible. So Plan 9 from Outer Space is the worst film ever made, and this is a classic? Yeah. Okay.
5: Oh, come on. (laughs) I can't even compare those two. Really?
0: Wow. (laughs) Uh, Anime Marks says, very dull. Watched this whilst doing politics homework and enjoyed the homework more.
5: Oh, (laughs) gee.
1: He's now a staffer staffer for MTG.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Helena Comments says, everyone in this movie, hella annoying. Uh, Revy D with the hot take Uh, he calls this headache cinema
2: you need glasses dude
0: Jav Javidson says this movie is so poorly made fuck me Looks so outdated and old Jesus Christ just watch any conjuring movie so much better
4: it's
1: like that's like someone who would watch a Buster Keaton film and go
4: there's not even any sound
0: right
1: (laughs) (laughs) fucking moron
0: (laughs) Uh, The
4: fucking Conjuring. Are you kidding me with this shit?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know.
4: The Conjuring.
0: Uh, Ted W. says, uh, Boring ass black and white movie stars who knows and who cares. I almost fell asleep.
1: Well, you didn't hear. But
5: Furious
0: 7, the (laughs) bomb. And last but not least, Bailey Louise says, I was so bored that one bitch was being so weird, I'm glad her dead brother stole her.
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's the opposite of the labyrinth in, in her
0: perspective
1: <laughs> Brother stole her. the opposite that's kind of funny yeah.
5: what i heard
4: is a lot of people who don't like black and white and have short attention spans yeah if they're looking for the conjuring it's like hey jump scare are you paying attention because it's actually not that good so please pay attention well, so you can remember these they- jump scares and think think that it's scary Fuck you. as as,
0: as i was sifting through like you know those were probably the funniest of the ones that i found but majority of them were basically like you know i don't do old movies i don't like classic films i don't like black and white you know so i mean it was right it was pretty much the same thing throughout you know i stopped after 15 minutes i stopped after 30 minutes and you know those
4: which is stupid no I was riveted from moment one because it just like throws you right into that shit. There's like barely but, anything that like bam happens.
0: But you know, this is this is the new age of modern horror and that's what we ran into it with our kids where it's like they grow up watching paranormal activities and songs. And then we and educate stuff, them
4: correctly. And then
0: we take them back <laughs> and like with Ashton, we showed him the Exorcist and he was like, That's it? Like right. you know what I'm saying? Like they're so used yes. to the newer, <laughs> more gruesome, more violent films that when you take them back to watch something like The Omen or The Exorcist or Night of the Living Dead, it's like you know. You know they how just we got ash- it.
4: How we got asked to watch older movies is by me explaining right. again his birthright name is from fucking Evil Dead. Then he went back and he now he's this huge Evil Dead fan. And he gives things a chance now yeah. that took I was like, you are literally named after Ash, the most epic himbo of, of all time. And it's like, this is a really old movie. I'm like, this movie I was actually born when this movie was fucking made, dude. Don't call it
5: old.
2: But it's like kids today with animation, too. They don't really pay attention to 2D or or drawn animation.
5: They really only pay attention to like 3D or um, like computer generated,
4: like, NXT. NXT. like Pixar type. Yeah, no. Have that with Ash. Nan, she she's all in her old princess shit, like me. But that's cool. Um, yeah. so fuck those people. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go right in there hard, bite the pillow. Um, clearly, <laughs> this gets. 10 out of 10 garden trials actually it's like a thousand out of 10 garden trials but whatever <laughs> yeah. without this this film one not only would i not really be the horror fan that i am i would not be as discerning as um expectant as you know really looking into like you know what's going on in a film it made me not just look at you know like i'm this mega horror fan and clearly i love horror so much i like to spend several evenings a week watching and then talking about it um it's just that uh it made me look at films in general like there was so much to this with and it without it, it even like pointing the arrow saying look at this think about this it just was and and i think a beautiful well-written, well-acted, well-done movie, you don't need the bells and whistles. You don't need somebody to keep your attention or, or these little, you know, shocking moments just to keep keep you going. All you need is a good fucking story and somebody to, to, to portray it. And, and so, yeah, that, that made me the Romero snob because, you know, Romero does it best, but he's definitely not the only one with skin in the game on that. You know that's when I look at movies, and I I know this has come up a lot on the show. People are like, oh well, Candy just loves Romero. I do because Romero gave birth to a lot of what I am and and what I think and how I feel about movies, uh, and and especially horror movies. Um, it's just this movie, like. If, if I had to pick just one movie in the universe, it would probably be this one. And I've seen it so many times. I know every single line. I know what happens at minute, you know, five, you know, I, I know everything. And, and it's just like, but it's not enough. Like, you, I can't get enough of this shit. Like, just load me up with this shit. Just shoot it straight into my veins. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So uh, the characters, Barbara was the way that she was. And um, I think that while it was a bold choice because she was originally written to be much stronger, like uh, Romero wrote Barbara in the, you know, the remake that uh, Savini directed in in 1990. Well, she was originally like that. And then Judith O'Day's performance, this worked out better. And I think both Barbara's need to exist. We needed this in this movie. And I like how Joe Bob put it um, for his 100th episode of The Last Drive-In. She is the great chorus. I mean, I've never heard it put more beautifully and leave it to our favorite drive-in critic and my chosen dad um, that you put it that way. I mean, he has a way to put these things so that you're like, damn, that's fucking mm, that's just his right. And And we needed that character. We need these comparisons and contrasts and we need everything we got. And we didn't need the fucking color. I think color would ruin this. And when I've seen a colorized version, I'm like, get that shit out of here. Um, I need this the way that it is exactly what it is. Um, there's still so much that can be done. There's a reason that people still fucking talk about this movie. It is the fucking gold standard. The end. 10 out of 10 garden trials.
0: <clears throat> okay. And, uh, I'm not going to be as long-winded as Candy because, um...
4: I thought I was abrupt.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know what your definition of abrupt is, but... Um, I'm going to give this, um, 3 out of 10, um... No, I'm just playing. Uh, 10 out of 10 chocolate syrup. Um, I'm going to be real quick because I'm really tired and i got to get up super early in the morning. Um, absolutely iconic film. Uh, guerrilla filmmaking at its finest. Um... Just all around, fucking perfect film. Well said.
4: Sweet and perfect.
3: All right. um, Yeah, I'm going to give this 10 out of 10. uh, Ben's Tight Afro. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Tight. And and real quick, before, because while we were recording the episode, our, our good friends at Fright Rags just dropped what's coming out for July. And yes. there is indeed a Night of the Living Dead polo shirt coming out. Oh nice in the last like two weeks.
0: Nice. As
3: as long as another George Romero film, which is also celebrating 40 years, which is my favorite. I wonder which one that would be would be creep And yes. they yes. are gonna have a glass. Um nice. and also <laughs> real quick too. Congrats to Joe Bob and Darcy for another they got renewed for a fifth season. season five, so yeah. there'll be be more driving. The driving never dies. Hell yeah. Um but yeah, ten out of ten Ben's tight afros. Um I mean, this movie's fucking perfection. I mean, the more I watch it, the more... And I always say Day's my favorite, but God damn it, like, this one... Uh, I mean, really, even Dawn, too. Like, it's really hard to pick which one of the three is, like... Because it really just depends on the, you know, I guess the, the time you watch them, I guess. Because all three okay. of them are fucking perfect. Yeah, I don't want to... Yeah, I didn't want to really go that far with my, you know, whatever. But... Yeah, all three are fucking perfection and they are, you know. I mean, it gave birth to not even just a franchise, but like a subgenre unto itself. And I mean, for better or worse, we got the walking dead out of this. You know? I mean, like I said, for better or worse, we got it. Um, we put Romero on the map. We wouldn't have a creep show were it not for this. We wouldn't have Tom Savini were it not for this. Um there, there's a lot we wouldn't have if it wasn't for this. I mean, I like I said earlier in the episode, I don't even think clerks would exist the way that it does were it not for this movie. We would have never got Shaun of the Dead, not this Shaun of the Dead, but the other Shaun of the, Dead, the actual movie. You know, we would never got that. But but that's plenty of homages to to this film and the other ones. Um, groundbreaking is probably where we really. I'm sure we didn't really. T- this move, this film was groundbreaking. For such a low budget of $6,000, which now would be like closer to what? Like 1500 if it was now, more than likely. And you cast a black man in the 60s as your as your lead. And he knocked it out the park. I mean, you you really could not do better. Like this was pure perfection. So, you know, yeah, 10 out of 10 Ben's tight aprons. I really, I don't even know how much more you can praise this because it's fucking perfection
4: all right who would like to go next erica
5: <laughs> i can, yeah i can be quick um i want to give this 10 out of 10 headshots um this is yeah it's i just have to echo what others have said it's absolutely iconic uh film and uh yeah like, such, such a good inspiration for what can be done on a really low budget like i i think it's one of those films probably like along with the evil dead that's just one of those you know, sort of Bible films for indie filmmakers and like, you know, you have like very tight limitations and, but here's what you can do anyway. Um, and, and it's also, it's also, it's like, so iconic, just just not because of they got so much mileage, you know, from a very low budget, but just the storytelling is just powerful. Casting was perfect. Like the casting I think took this film beyond just what the script itself um was um so yeah it was just it it was just one of those uh, those films it was like just so perfect for the time period and has influenced so much so yeah i can't uh i can't say anything negative about this at all
3: i just want to interject real quick i know we're not supposed to and i apologize but she's right this is there's it's it's the trifecta because it's this it's um halloween and Mm -hmm. evil dead are, are the three Bibles for all independent filmmakers obviously so Even to a degree, maybe Texas Chainsaw. Let's say as well. Texas
4: Chainsaw. So really it's four, there.
3: but but I, I, four, I feel yeah. like those three are like the main three catalysts that people always reference as far as for indie filmmaking as Night of the Living Dead. Um what was it, Halloween and Evil Dead, I think, in that order. So
4: absolutely. Um James, all right,
3: I guess it's my turn, no
1: shock. Uh, 10 out of 10 meat hooks. Um, I love this movie so much. I, I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take my moment to just say the one thing I find, I don't know, the most hopeful and optimistic about this film is the fact that the role of Ben was originally written as a white guy and Dwayne Jones got the role, not because uh, Romero wanted to make a statement on racial relations or whatever, because he was the best actor, he was the best actor, and I think that says a lot about George Romero. And particularly in 1969, that says that 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 because 1969 was not a great year for race relations, folks. If you read <laughs> up, not a great year, you know. Um, and I think that says a lot about George as a man, um, and, and the fact that he allowed, and also that he let Dwayne um, bring, like, tell him, "I don't want to play it as a rough and tumble, you know, a, a low low brow kind of guy. I want to." I think that says a lot about George and I, I, And that's just one of the 10,000 things I love about this film. I love everything about it. I could watch it twice a day, every day and never get bored with it. It's 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 my ground zero in the love of horror. And it's not even probably not probably not even the first horror film I ever saw. Because it was... I, I, oh, God. Sorry. Sorry, the cats are... The cats are... Well, the cats are working. They're, they're working their shit out. They're working it out, man.
5: <laughs> sorry
1: about that. And it, definitely ground zero uh, horror for me. Um, I love it beyond all words. And with that, please.
2: Oh, it's my turn. And
1: if the cats will stop,
2: yeah. Oh, fuck you, cats. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. Uh, zombies that don't check if their jackets are fucking stuck in the truck uh, vehicle door. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I love this. I liked it when I saw it in high school, but I have much more of an appreciation uh, for it. I'm watching it with Dave. Uh, like I said, at the very beginning uh, of the podcast, uh, my favorite thing about this movie is not the movie, My favorite thing about this movie is watching it with Dave and seeing the joy he has for this movie and seeing how much his eyes light up when we watch this together. Um, We certainly watch Dawn more than we watch Night, um, but this movie I know speaks to him uh, on another level. And I'm appreciative of this. I'm not the fuck the cats are doing. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) They are like on another level. A 40 pound cat just went like 30 miles per hour uh, down the hallway. Um, But (laughs) it's scary. But, um, um, you know there are black and white films that that didn't mean much that were just made. And then there were black and white films that transcended time and there were black and white films that, that made their mark and that stood for something. And this is one of those. And there are, um, films you know for for all of those reviews that were like this is an old movie and this uh, you know old black and white film and i don't get the big deal you know this this was colorized so you know for all of you that you know only order chicken nuggets at a restaurant and can only handle ketchup on a hamburger well done fuck you it is in (laughs) color um so you can seek out a colorized version if that's all your two-year-old toddler palette can handle. <laughs> um,
1: with your chicken nuggies.
2: Yes. See, he went to the restroom. He didn't hear me. Um, but um, I'm thankful for um, all of the, the knowledge that Dave has exposed me to on this film. So um, my rating's 10 out of 10 zombies to... That don't know how to check if their fucking jacket's stuck in a truck vehicle door.
4: <laughs> you know what, Very guys? Specific. Very specific. Round of applause. We just made the perfect score again. We did.
3: But, but to yes. be clear, yes. Was on there, that
4: short list.
3: Was that? Was there yeah. any surprise though? Was there any doubt that no. this was going to well, get on there? Well, honestly, slightly. honestly
4: slightly there was a, a little bit of a wild card doubt for me but i was hoping and i was right that would, it would, that, go.
3: would that would that wild card be in your house yeah. or or is it in no Pennsylvania? It was, it's
4: crystal but it's just like <laughs> oh, okay. crystal you know i'm just fucking with you
5: I, you have to you know, the, that the,
2: the last you know 10 that i gave was kind of like a a bully that was pushed in a corner fuck y'all 10 this was like a 10 10
4: so, you know, that that deserved a round of applause. And in light of Shaun of the Dead having to work um early in the morning. I'm not copying for that. It was it was yeah, a belated.
0: Yeah, was like death. yeah, she's yeah, to it's like, "Hell yeah, he's working uh, overtime." By Candy
4: Ellison. Um, I mean Candy Finecraft, but whatever. Um, so I think we'll skip plugs cuz uh we've got more shit coming up. Obviously, we got a lot coming up, so I'm really excited about it, but I just want to thank you guys uh, for being here, there's so much more that we didn't talk about. At least we could talk about this for fucking days and not for talk real. about the same thing. But I yeah. really appreciate this. And it, it means so much to me that we got it made that very short list of perfect scores. It fucking mm-hmm. deserves it. And I love you guys. And I miss you too. It. And I just oh, want to say you.
3: quick to everybody that's going to be listening that by the time this comes out, I hope you all have your tissues ready for tomorrow's Stranger Things because I heard some shit. Uh-oh.
4: Already.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> I heard it's it's about to get serious tomorrow. So by the time this airs and it's out, people will have already been spoiling it and whatever the fuck. So <laughs> we got a
2: couple more episodes to go.
3: Well, yeah, we're not quite caught up. From yet. what I've heard, all I heard was be ready.
4: <laughs> all right. Yeah,
3: So it's like that. All right. Awesome. All love right. you guys. I love you love guys. You
4: Thanks for being here. This is yeah. great. And um, I will. Be seeing you soon, uh, Erica, yep. tomorrow.
5: Yes, that's true. Ah. This- be a fun discussion yeah yeah am jealous
4: oh you're you' you're a female you're you're welcome
5: you do you, know you, you want to join Aww, thank
4: yeah you it's, it's for females only so feminists Aww. come right in
5: you Aww. let me hi <laughs> mm. hey,
1: good night everybody good night everybody goodnight. love you, love Bye.
3: you <laughs>